0: Welcome to the Joyful Doctor podcast. My name is Dr. Caroline Walker and I'm a psychiatrist and a specialist in doctors' wellbeing. Uh, these next few podcasts are going to be a special series of podcasts in response to the COVID 19 pandemic, looking at lots of different ways that we can support ourselves as doctors um, out there struggling through this, um, these challenging times. So please, if you find these um, podcasts helpful, please do spread them far and wide uh, to your doctor colleagues and to other healthcare professionals, or in fact, any anyone you think might be helped by them. Thank you for being here. Thank you for listening. Hello and welcome to this special edition of the Joyful Doctor podcast. This is the first in a series of podcasts we'll be putting out there um, during the time of this COVID-19 crisis um, and today um, I'm really really super pleased to have with me um, my friend and um, amazing uh, child psychiatrist and parent coach um, Vika Kromova. Hi Vika, thank you so much for joining Hello. me. Hey, okay. um, we're going to introduce ourselves a little bit in a minute for anyone who doesn't know us, aren't we? But we're here today, um, I think, in quite a timely fashion um, to think about all those um, doctor parents out there who might be um, trying to think how they're going to cope um, as the schools are closing um, um, after the announcement yesterday that in here in the UK that's that's going to be happening towards the end of this week. So um, yeah, so let's introduce ourselves for those who don't know us. Vika, tell us a bit about yourself, who you are, and what you do, and.
1: Yeah, so um, I'm Bika and I've been working as a child psychiatrist now since 2010 actually Um, and I still work clinically, so I still do part-time clinical work and I also recently um, started my parent coaching business alongside that to provide lots of information and stuff for parents uh, mainly, so yeah, those are the two things I still currently do and I am still currently working as we (laughs) speak.
0: Oh, wonderful! And I, um, I just can't believe the luck that we had actually put this time in to record this podcast today. <laughs> but It's just come right at the time when the, yeah, as I say, the uh, UK government have announced closing schools this week. So, I'm um, again, so thank you so much for being here. And I know that your advice and tips are going to really help a lot of doctor parents out there at the moment. Um, so, yeah, for those of you who don't know me, I'm Caroline Walker. I'm a NHS trained psychiatrist, and I founded the Joyful Doctor, which is um, all about the well-being of doctors um Generally, so um yeah. So let's have a think. I mean, Vika, you and I are both parents as well, aren't we? As, as um, yeah. Yeah. So I have a, a seven-year-old and a and a twelve-year-old. um Who have you got at home with you? Oh, I think. Um, we- yeah, I've got a... your connection a little bit
1: there. Sorry. Have <laughs> you? Who have you got at home with you? I said, um, I've got a seven-year-old, and so I'll be affected by the school closures as well.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So. Can you let's have a think then? What what are doctors going through out there at the moment getting this news and
1: Well I think it's is sort of two things happening, Reese. Really. I think the school closures is is one thing that I think parents are, are going through and I think it's I think some people probably have no I think some uh, doctors have been more aware that it's coming and are perhaps slightly better prepared. But I think for some people who um perhaps have been a bit further away from the front line doing specialties that are not quite, you know, on the front line, it might feel like a real shock coming to them that suddenly actually things are happening really fast. Mm. Um, so I think probably kind of shock and a, a kind of having to suddenly rearrange, you know, you have a life, you have a routine. Yep. Yeah. You know, it all falls apart. So that real kind of sudden shock. But I think for the other people who perhaps have been more on the front line and more aware of it, um, it's really worrying about the the guilt of what they should do. Should they be with their kids? Should they be getting to work? what is the best thing for them to do so kind of um I think it's actually a really difficult decision to make
0: mm, yeah I yeah absolutely I'm seeing that and then I'm feeling it a little bit I mean I sort of saw it coming I think I was in that first camp of doctors um that has been preparing a little bit for it but still it is all changing so fast at the moment isn't it and and i know that you know yesterday afternoon or early afternoon people were making some plans and then you know it all changes doesn't it on one sort of press conference one announcement um so yeah i'm seeing shock a lot and i'm also i'm glad you mentioned guilt because i actually just did a video that's going to be going out later today about the doctors feeling guilty because i'm a lot of doctors feeling guilty at the moment about um yeah balancing those those um Different demands on their time and perhaps not being able to be there on the front line as much as they would like to be
1: and making those decisions because it, I think it, I mean it. with hair and things like that but this is making an ethical decision about whether you um, end up spending more time with your child and if you're working very much on the front line you're worried about getting the illness do you kind of have to give up seeing your children and your children and be looked after by someone else while you are essentially staying at work and in one way or another And, and kind of thinking well what is that better is that better than being with my children how is that going to affect them so I think they're kind of much more personal ethical decisions which which are a different kind of decision I think.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I just want to say before I respond to that, that we're having a little bit of trouble with the um, reception cutting in and out just every now and again, we're losing the odd web, but we'll carry on if we can, because I think it's really important that we put this out there today if we can for doctors. Um, So please bear with us if we're losing the odd little bit of connection, but we'll we'll try and talk through those um, as best we can. Um. Yeah absolutely those ethical decisions I mean we're seeing more and more doctors aren't we posting on social media and things saying that they're having to choose to move into hotels or move into their garage or you know and not being able to hug their children for the coming weeks and months because they're putting that ahead of you know they're putting their duty of care to their patients ahead of of those um, you know desires and responsibilities around their family and that is I mean that's a massively huge thing to ask someone to do isn't it at a time it's a
1: all personal to... decision as well isn't it
0: yeah and
1: because I think for some doctors and I, and I what I really would love for doctors to be is be supportive of each other in whatever decision they make whether they do make the decision that actually they're going to pull back and, and do the care uh, and choose that and for some doctors will be choosing as you say to to be isolating themselves essentially from their children and and both of those are very valid decisions they're just absolutely 100% and
0: anyone listening to this you know we're behind you we're not judging you you know you have to make the right decision for you and your family and you at the, and your patients at this time and um yeah and something I'm talking about a lot at the moment is that you may not you may choose to um you know be with your family over your work at the moment and that is absolutely fine because your time will come to contribute again you know, to the workforce. And similarly, if you choose to be at work, you know, ahead of your family at the moment, then, uh, you know, your family, you, you are, you know, doing your very best for them, and you're going to be there for them in every way possible going forward. So, um, yeah, I think, yeah, we understand these are really difficult decisions that, that we're having to make. Um, I, Are you seeing, um, do you think doctors are going to be feeling much anxiety at this stage, much of
1: well, I think, I think probably um, uh, doctors do self-select slightly into being doctors uh, when they're a bit more anxious. Generally, I think probably a slightly higher percentage of anxiety in doctors than um, possibly other yeah. professionals, I think. Um, and I think certainly that probably means there is going to be a large proportion of doctors worrying about getting the illness, worrying about their loved ones getting the illness, obviously. Uh, obviously, what has been really nice in many ways, and is that children don't seem to be as affected by it. So hopefully they're not as worried about their children sort of becoming really um, poorly. But I think also the anxiety around how will all of this affect what's happening, Um, you know, kind of in the longer term for my child, if this is an ongoing thing, will this be something that affects them? And one of the things I've been talking about a lot is actually Um, I talk a lot about trauma and it's something I'm really interested in and of course um, we're not that we're not that many generations away from uh, people who have experienced you know very significant events like world wars and other Mm -hmm. things and of course you know there's increasing evidence that uh, we do get some genetic material passed down to us through epigenetics that allows us to be more hypervigilant because of course that would allow us to survive it's very useful mm-hmm. so actually we're probably um, a bit more primed to be anxious because of generations that have come before us facing very difficult things and we're really not that far genetically removed from them at the moment so in a way I think if people are experiencing more anxiety it's probably partly for our survival almost is actually quite a normal thing
0: yeah absolutely it 's a very um, it 's a very useful emotion in some respects isn 't it because it kind of gears you up to um to take the to action, deal with the crisis yeah yeah exactly and and i 'm seeing a very um a wonderful sort of pattern of that inherited blitz spirit almost at the moment you know that not just genetically but through our the stories that our generations have been told from you know those times in the war about people coming together and finding you know ways to support their neighbours to support to adapt in times of change and crisis and and i think as a nation we're doing that brilliantly and as a group of doctors we are doing that brilliantly for each other and i think we just need to keep keep doing that um yeah so and, and i really agree i think there's a lot of doctors out there that can be worrying about the impact and uh, this is having on their children in the short term and in the longer term. So, how can doctors be supporting their children through this um, situation in a more general sense? But then also, let's go on and talk about how they're going to cope with the, you know, the schools closing um, as well. So, yeah. What's um, the, what can they be I mean, doing think- really to help their children at the moment?
1: I mean, I think a lot of it is about the sort of um, story you create around what's happening. Um, It is a very unusual event. You know, it's something that um, is a big crisis for, you know, worldwide, really, not something that necessarily we experienced in a lifetime ourselves, Mm -hmm. but probably quite a few doctors will have had some really unusual, difficult experiences um, and will have learned to cope with it. And actually, I'm really keen that um, parents do is think about how they can really teach their child how to cope with those things because we don't know that they're not going to be facing some difficult event later and actually the way that we um, find a way of kind of talking about it how we reframe it for them all of that is going to be skills for later on in life Um, and I was thinking myself so um, I've been through some very peculiar situations having had quite, quite an odd life I guess and and face some situations that were dangerous in kind of a similar way and it created that real sense of danger um, and doom and I have to say that I had a father who um, kind of slightly got excited about it and always saw it as this thing of like this is life you know we're really in life now we're really having to face life Mm. in a very real way so he kind of was able to be very present in it and sort of see as a way of something that brings us back into the moment almost it's like look we have to live here right now Mm -hmm. Uh, and I think kind of I find myself remembering having that experience as a child and being able to generate that now kind of to kind of call upon that and uh, do it now you know kind of okay we're in the moment right let's deal with the right here right now yeah. you know let deal with the things that are happening like you know childcare the food the kind of very immediate things and i think that's how he used to deal with it the story became um what's happening right now what do i need to do today mm. to kind of cope um and as i said he he never he never really thought about you know the longer term things it was like let's get through the days let's get through the days let's get through the days um and i think that so if you can be doing that for your child helping them also Learn that as a skill. That's actually something that's going to stand them a pretty good stead, you know.
0: Absolutely. And it's something I'm repeatedly talking to doctors about at the moment is is when we're up in our heads worrying and anxious and, you know, thinking about this and, and going down the rabbit hole of 24 hour news cycle and social media um, to actually just recenter in the moment and what's going on right now. We're OK. We've got our feet on the ground. What's the next thing we have to do?
1: What's the next right thing to do and keeping it? And it's absolutely OK. to. I mean, I think some parents worry about letting the child into the crisis. Mm. actually um, it's okay to teach them the skills of dealing with the things that matter today in the crisis Um, so you know if today you do have to go to the shop because you have run out of something or there is something that you have to do it's okay for them to know about that because they can see that okay yeah well there is a crisis and my parent is, is dealing with it by doing something quite practical and that's a really good skill to have. They're not just sitting there worrying about what's going to happen. They're like, okay, this job needs doing, and I'm and I'm going to go and do it. And that's okay. You don't. I don't think you have to kind of shield them from it when it's very practical in the moment. Things.
0: Mm-hmm. What would you be thinking about shielding them from then, if anything, in all of this?
1: I think I think we should shield them in the way we should shield ourselves. Really, as you say, going down the rabbit holes um, is unhelpful. And actually, again, it's a skill uh, to help us develop and we can help them develop to say, okay, well, how are we protecting our own mental health? How much news are we watching? Is it helpful? Some news is helpful. Obviously it's good to be up to date what's happening, but where does that line kind of lie for for Mm. yourself? I guess it requires a bit of self-reflection and being honest with yourself. But then it's helping them acquire that and explain to them, well actually watching the news all the time isn't going to be helpful for us, is it? Or talking about it all the time. Is Mm. that going to be helpful? no it isn't we can talk about it a little bit but then we're going to go and do some normal things yeah. my daughter's school still has a bun sale tomorrow and I've got to make her some cakes uh, today when I'm no. sure yeah. uh, and we're going to do it because well that's yeah. you know I'm not going to yeah. put that on hold it's quite a normal thing to do we're going to do it
0: yeah we're having our family pizza night tonight but just before we have it we're going to sit down as a family and just sort of acknowledge what's going on at the moment and and think about how we're going to get through this together and.
1: Yeah, like you said, acknowledging it and but in small ways and that feel nice over it. Yeah, yeah. Having space, having space where you do connect. So I think pretending it's not happening is yeah. definitely not going to be helpful. Yeah. Um, having some kind of uh, so sort of time limited space to connect over it, yeah. and then having other activities that are just your you know your normal family stuff
0: yeah it can feel quite weird can't it doing normal things at the moment
1: Um, yeah uh, yeah and i mean children are really great at that at staying and i think people can feel almost quite guilty about doing normal things yeah like you know i've suddenly sort of
0: oh we've just lost you a second bit. i'm sure you'll come back to us in a minute um
1: stood down from the um and, and giving that permission to to allow yourself to stand down um some of the time
0: yeah yeah so so if you're feeling guilty for doing those normal things spending time with your kids enjoying life laughing joking playing all those yeah. usual things we do um that actually it's really important that we do those things as well at the moment and as well as acknowledging what's going on and and yeah, yeah giving yourself permission to do that i think as well yeah yeah so what would you be advising um parents today and over the next few days and weeks and months thinking about how they're going to face uh essentially schooling their children at home now and yeah what's
1: I think, I think parents have to make a choice about whether they would like to do schooling in the sort of traditional sense, you know, whether they really want to, because, you know, people do children, uh, homeschool children, there's lots of resources for people who would like to do that, you know, how to do timetables in the day, <laughs> essentially have sort of subjects that you cover and those kinds of things. I think it's a big ask for parents.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I do. I, I
1: agree. I think I would struggle to do that, if I'm honest. Yeah, I think it's a very, very... I think and depending how old your children are, because I think for younger ones, it can be quite fun and you can be doing quite nice things. But obviously, as they get older and more specific sort of topics,
0: mm. um,
1: you you know, it's going to be quite a challenging time for us as adults anyway. And certainly if you're you know working doctor, that will yeah. be challenging in its own way. Yeah. I think coming home and knowing that you need to sit down with your child and, and do some lessons, it, it's not going to be that helpful. I mean, it depends. Obviously, if you're staying at home, that might be different. but I think it's I think that's the first I think for us as medics often the first thought is right you know how are we going to help our yeah. children be educated yeah but again it's like it's thinking about the permission. So it might be a really good time to catch up on something so if you're worried about your child struggling with some specific thing at school
0: mm. might be
1: just quite a good time to focus on that and say okay well you know maybe English or spelling or maths is a bit of a problem why don't we just focus on that
0: I love that um, of just actually before you dive in and try and provide this the most amazing you know homeschooling on top of all the other responsibilities and yeah. that we're all dealing with that we take a little bit of time to think actually what's right for me right now and my children what can I do what's realistic and and you know I'm thinking of a sort of homeschool light version uh, yeah. you know where we're, we're just going to get a little bit of a structure in place because I think that'll help particularly our younger one um but very but hold that very lightly and not expect ourselves or them to do doing too much at this time but just you know I think as long as they know that we care and we're thinking about them a bit and you know we're doing something I think
1: yeah, yeah and it keeps their kind of days you know, mildly occupied um and mm-hmm. I think what um one of the things I, I did live yesterday and I talked about was actually learning some skills about being with, with oneself um because of course you know we do live in a society where there's always lots of things happening our kids are often going to clubs and you know school and extracurricular activities yeah, or play dates or yeah yeah and you know we're forever you know our weekends are full of you know things that we're doing visiting family or whatever it might be and actually um some skills around being able to be with yourself being able to motivate yourself to do things without another person being there going right you know you do that and um, having that creative space where you can explore um in a, in a way that you want to and actually helping it you know, trusting a child to do that so setting up some times where they can just do what they like or explore what they like to do and I think some some of us will be better at that than others I think for some doctors they'll be really good at that and that's just what they do themselves um like my family is a very introverted family we we do a lot of that anyway. <laughs> Um, a lot of our time is kind of quite free at weekend so um it will kind of feel quite natural but i know for a lot of people that will feel very unnatural because they're yeah, very used yeah. to, to kind I, of having I know, yeah, a
0: lot got, going on. sorry sorry I think, i'm thinking of a friend i've got that's um you know basically their the child that Way they interact with their child is very um, different to how I do, and their child finds it very difficult to be on their own, even in a room for any length of time. And they're going to really struggle at this time because they really manage that. getting for
1: room. some adults, it's going to be a struggle. Yeah, yeah. To yeah. be with themselves, and I, I think it, it's again, you have to learn the skill before your child can. And if the way you're used to going through life is to be very busy, actually, the idea of stillness can be really overwhelming and terrifying yeah. for both of you, both yourself and your child. So is it about trying
0: to build that in very, very gently and slowly and just doing little short bits of it? I mean, is that, I
1: guess that's the I think depending bit. on where you are with that. Yeah. If you're kind of if you reflect on your life and you go, actually, yes, I am one of them people who is yep. uh, wants to be busy, um, and I'm going to be facing a situation where that's going to be difficult to, to be as busy as to happen. I think that would be good. So, you know, like if you I would imagine people would want a timetable if they're like that. Mm-hmm. Kind of just building some short slots into the timetable that are sort of you know, free free range time.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I love what everything you're saying. Actually, the message that's coming across loud and clear for me is this is a really individual journey, isn't yeah. it? That every parent's going to be different, every child's going to be different, every family's going to be different, and it's about giving yourself permission to do it in a way that works for you, and maybe facing some things that are a little bit uncomfortable that you're not used to doing, but doing that in a way that's you know manageable and and feels safe and and there's yeah and giving yourself a bit of a break. Um, you know and and realising you're not in this on your own we're we're kind of all going through this and and muddling our way through there's no perfect way to do it
1: yeah and I think kind of one of the other things I really want to say having worked with a lot of children who miss a lot of school obviously through my clinical work
0: yeah
1: I know that especially older kids uh, and parents of older kids and you know a lot of doctors are fairly high achieving and yeah that is the sort of thing that permeates in the family I guess those beliefs around being a high achiever um they'd worry a lot you know when I work clinically and I get uh, children who are admitted and they can't uh, you know obviously do the exams in the usual way or attend school it can be both you know often when I first meet them for both them and the parents it's like the end of the world you know it's like they're going to be missing out on education yeah yeah there's a
0: lot of people feeling that at the moment I think that having that fear
1: yeah. yeah yeah but I kind of want to say that having you know seen lots and lots of families through that journey of You know, initially, kind of being there and going, "This is terrible. My child's going to miss out and all of that." Uh, And obviously, you know, the child in hospital need to get better, so it's not really an option. It, like life, you you can do the things that you want to do in life later.
0: Yeah.
1: (laughs) And actually, that pressing pause, it really, it's not, it it doesn't cause any kind of long-lasting effects that are negative. What I find often is it creates more reflective children. Yeah. Um. So when they have had that time to pause and when they return back to education yeah. i think often they've just had a bit more time to go what is it that really matters to me it actually creates some reflective sort of skills yeah. and actually a slightly better knowing i think of what they want to do which is probably a really positive thing yeah. kind yeah. of once they get back to it being more purposeful about it being more you know motivated by it because actually they've had that time to pause think mm-hmm. and decide so yeah. i think it's kind of a reassuring parents really
0: yeah, it's not about trying to kind of keep things going as normal as possible and as close to what the school would do as possible at all. Actually, it's about embracing this is an extraordinary time. It's an. I think it an would an just opportunity, be actually. an impossible job to do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the, actually, this is an opportunity for our children and for us to, to learn other things, other skills and other ways of being and looking at things that may actually have really positive impacts long term. Um, so not getting trapped in that worrying about all of the negative possible consequences. But yeah seeing that there's a balance here um i wonder if it's helpful just briefly to because we talk generally about children and young people and families but obviously children are very very different at different ages and i wonder if it's worth just putting a little think through the different age groups because parents experiences will be quite different when they've got a toddler to if they've got a teenager Um, so so if we take those really young children the sort of babies and toddlers and preschoolers what what we kind of what are our top messages for them at the moment for parents looking after that age group um I think the receptionist well I
1: think there um okay <laughs> you're back <laughs> I think for the younger ones it'll be the actually the toughest because um obviously their children will just be doing what they usually do without any it's very hard to modify what what they're doing and if you have especially very active toddler
0: mm. yeah yeah
1: and um, as i used to be much more terrifying for me because we spent a lot of time out to sort of use up the energy and mm. um, so it's thinking i think about uh, and you know people will presumably still be able to go out on walks and walk some things like that which are sort of you know just rural um so it's kind of thinking if your child is very active uh what is it that they can what can you kind of still do with them if you
0: yeah um so with the child is
1: perhaps you know how to keep yourself sane i think more than anything else how to keep yourself sane yeah yeah i think yeah. more than anything else because i think um for parents with babies who you know who are going to be staying at home um it's just going to be them being st- you know in the house and if you're a sort of person who likes to go out a lot that will be really really tough especially if you're just on your own with a baby not getting much adult contact so thinking about how you can still get adult contact through you know yeah
0: and still so still getting out if you can to safe places where you can be social yeah. distant from people but also staying in contact with people by phone and virtually i think that's really important so just keeping sane through those early years yeah um, what about middle childhood so school age children's sort or of primary school
1: i think um i think some structures really Uh, useful for those children um because i think for them kind of being too much free flow will feel really weird and will probably end up with just endless time on ipad or or, or whatever um so kind of having some structure for them that is fits in with kind of what you're what you're doing in many ways i think just having lots of creative things to do um That you know, some of which you'll have to kind of be there for, but some of which they might be able to do themselves.
0: Yeah, it's a very industrious age, isn't it? Making, yeah,
1: painting, and painting. and doing stuff together, getting your kids more involved in things like if you are cooking or baking, or you know, like getting them because at that age, they're still kind of.
0: Interesting. yeah all playing at being grown up aren't they and yeah. yeah my my son left notes everywhere yesterday saying he's going to start running a lego club um from, from home um okay and then for sort of a, a sort of secondary school age kids so yeah going into teens uh puberty that kind of yeah what about those children
1: Yeah, I mean, I think um, they'll probably be keeping quite a lot of contact with their friends through social media. Um, And I think it's helping them not going down the rabbit hole of social media because they're not having a lot of face-to-face contact. So making sure that you are getting them downstairs, you are getting them, you know, being with you and not just sitting in their room constantly you their- know online yeah. yeah because and you know obviously it will be important for them to be in touch with their kids yeah. uh, with their um friends but I think it's really important to to still kind of bring them to the present because they could end up you know there will be all sorts of messages circulating weren't there and no yeah. information yeah. and misinformation yeah. and yeah kind of that might not be particularly
0: helpful keeping them grounded in the real world a little bit as well as letting them have that connection to their their friends and their peers because it's really important at that age isn't it to be connected and to feel um yeah in touch with your friends Um, and
1: I think um for sort of older kids um thinking with them about what they'd like to get out of the time
0: Mm.
1: you know just sitting down with them and saying what you know what is it that you want out of the time we're going to have
0: yeah
1: and kind of just and, and more kind of coaching them to plan it out for themselves you know going okay well yep. you want to get better at this for example or you want to learn something new or you want to you know whatever it is that you want you, you want a big creative project and you're yeah. going to go and paint a massive painting or something yeah. okay well how are you going to do that what would you need to do every day to do this actually like helping them develop the skills of being self-motivated and self-organized yeah and I
0: wonder if that's a great tip for adults as well actually Because yeah I was thinking this morning about you know how I'm going to get through the next two or three months particularly and I'm ongoing and and I looked at my I've just got a clarinet over Christmas and I looked at it and I thought actually do you know what if I played that ah. 50 minutes every day while while this is going on by the end of this I'm going to be you know much better at play by clarinet, so yeah, I wonder if something like that it doesn't have to be a big thing, but just yeah, I think just taking the time to think what do we want to get out of this time, what, in a positive sense, having some agency over that, um I just want to touch briefly on because I know there are doctors out there that are working still that have quite grown up children now who are actually mm. perhaps even in adulthood, so going in, going off to university and going, and I know that's not really your area of expertise, but i I just wanted to touch on that because I know there are some doctors out there that. Are going to be supporting their children maybe they've got doctors who are you know children who are doctors who are just yeah. junior medical students or junior doctors just hitting the wards or or maybe they've got other children doing other things who are coming home from university that's been cancelled or yeah mm-hmm. what can we be doing as families and as you know to support our sort of grown-up children and our more yeah
1: well I kind of like to think of us as you know when we're parents to adults as kind of mentors really and um, so we've got to be clear in our minds that we um, that we're happy with how we are dealing with what's happening, you know, and that we don't ask anything of our adult children that we can't really do ourselves yeah, because yeah. they're unlikely to be able to do it. So in a way, again, I think uh, when you have adult children, it's just a great training ground for them. You know, who knows what they'll be facing later, especially if they are doctors, um, you know, starting as junior doctors or medical students,
0: mm-hmm. what
1: they're going to be learning from you now is going to be key for them in into adulthood really. um so kind of having those very open conversations talking about how you feel talking about how you cope with those feelings you know we're all going to be feeling anxious and overwhelmed at times
0: yeah
1: and being open about that and saying yeah I I do feel that and this is this is what I do when I feel that um and allowing them to find their own ways of dealing with their emotions rather than sort of trying to not talk about it or um yeah not allowing the emotions to be there I guess
0: yeah so it's not really trying to uh, fix or solve their problems or anything like that it's more sharing your own experiences and acting like a role model i guess of yeah yeah and then asking them how they're feeling and how they're doing and then enabling them to find ways through this themselves yeah fantastic that's so so helpful um, and i could just talk to you all day about this stuff Eka, and I, I really know that so much of what you have said is going to be helping so many doctors out there and um, Thank you um, for coming on today. If, I know you work with parents, um, you're very happy to work with doctors who are parents Mm -hmm. to support them. Um, If people want to get hold of you, if they they want um, some more support or they want to follow what you're doing, because I know you're putting out a lot of stuff at the moment during this time to help parents, um, how can they get in touch with you? How can they follow what you're doing?
1: Uh, Probably uh, best to find um, my website, Emerging Parent, or on Facebook where I put out sort of free videos and things. So if people did want to follow that,
0: so EmergingParent.com. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Great. Thank you so much. And thank you so much for your time today. I really appreciate it. Um, and um, yeah, and I will bring you back onto the podcast um, another time so we can talk more generally when when things are, you know, a little bit more settled and, and yeah. sort of normal parenting times. I would love you to come back on and help us to think as doctors, how we can support our children and our families um, in, in you know the normal challenging times of, of being doctors. So um, yeah, but thank you for today. Yeah. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Joyful Doctor podcast, um, one of our special editions about uh, the COVID pandemic and how we can support ourselves as doctors through this um, challenging time. Please, if this podcast has helped you at all or you think it might help others, please do share it um, far and wide. We want to try and reach and help as many doctors as we possibly can to get through um, this time together. We are going to get through this together. Thank you for listening. Bye for now.